KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Monday, October 4th. New training is on the way for San Diego police. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County health officials reported 343 new COVID-19 infections on Sunday and no new deaths. The number of people hospitalized with the virus is continuing to decline, according to state figures. Booster shots of the Pfizer vaccine for those who are eligible are now available at about 400 locations countywide. A large oil spill in Orange County over the weekend is not expected to reach the San Diego coastline. That's according to the National Weather Service. The oil slick affected Huntington and Newport Beach areas with roughly 126,000 gallons spilled from an offshore oil rig. It caused major ecological damage and officials closed the Huntington Beach area to people. As of October 1st, mail delivery times are taking longer. It's part of Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's plan to cut costs. Normally, it takes three days to send a card from California to New York. Now it'll take five days. Miro Kopik is the founder of Bottom Line Marketing and a marketing lecturer at SDSU. He says consumers should be aware of the possible consequences. For consumers, we're talking about potentially receiving bills late. And so if there's late uh, delivery of, of bills, um, you might incur a late fee. It means that your checks might come later than, you, than you'd like. Around 40% of first-class mail will have impacted standard delivery time. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Changes are coming to local police departments after two new laws were signed last week by Governor Newsom. One will limit police use of projectiles during protests. The other will create a more robust police accountability system. KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim says local advocates say these changes are long overdue. A new law authored by San Diego Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez prohibits police from using rubber bullets, beanbags, and tear gas during a protest unless someone's life is in danger. It will take effect at the end of the year. Halid Alexander is founder of Pillars of the Community, a local nonprofit that's been advocating for police reform for years. He's relieved to see the new law 
after a nearly replica bill failed to pass last year. There are very few kind of laws that I think go far enough. Um, having said that, I think it's important that we celebrate all of the steps, no matter how small and how incremental they are. The law also requires more training for police on how and when to use lethal weapons. That's badly needed, says Travis Norton, a police use of force trainer. It's not okay just to go out to the range and you know, fire off a couple of impact munitions and call it a day and say that that's a great training program. No, let's talk about, hey, the decision to even fire in the first place. Governor Newsom also signed another law that creates a decertification process for police officers convicted of wrongdoing. And that was KPBS Race and Equity reporter Christina Kim. Both laws will take effect on January 1st, 2022. Another new law from the state government, reforms to California's conservatorships, was also signed into law by Governor Newsom last week. This follows the fight by Britney Spears to take control over her estate from her father. KPBS editor Thomas Fudge has more. The new law comes as a Los Angeles judge suspended Spears' father, Jamie Spears, from the conservatorship that has controlled the singer's career and financial decisions for 13 years. The bill signed by Governor Newsom requires conservators who oversee an estate valued at more than a million dollars to register as a professional. The new law also creates a civil penalty of up to $50,000 if a court finds a conservator has not acted in the best interest of the client. Other states are taking similar steps. New Mexico created an independent review process to oversee conservatorships. And Oregon is ensuring that anyone placed under a guardian gets free legal help. And that was KPBS editor Thomas Fudge. The Public Advocates Office for the California's Public Utilities Commission says a statewide standard for wireless and broadband service is badly needed. Cap Radio's Mike Haggerty has more. The CPUC's Public Advocates Office says wide variations in service, quality, and reliability of wireless and broadband communications in California can no longer be tolerated. Anna Maria Johnson is program manager of the Advocates Communications and Water Policy Branch. Service quality standards have not kept pace with the services that customers use today. Currently, the service quality standards are only applied to your traditional phone line. Those traditional phone lines, or landlines, are increasingly rare. An AT&T study from five years ago found 85% of California homes no longer had a landline. And that was Cap Radio's Mike Haggerty in Sacramento. Coming up, Marines arrive home on Sunday from a difficult and deadly deployment to Kabul. And a new survey finds that Black, Latino, and Asian military service members feel unwelcome off base. Many are advocating for more vocal inclusion efforts. We'll have those two stories next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. 
waves of Marines are coming home to Camp Pendleton after a harrowing deployment defending the airport in Kabul. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh was at one family reunion. 281 Marines from the 2nd Battalion, 1st Marine Division arrived Sunday to a hero's welcome. Part of 1,000 Pendleton Marines sent to Kabul in August. Over the last couple of weeks, parts of the unit have been filtering back to Southern California from the Middle East after leaving Kabul at the end of August. The battalion lost nine Marines along with a Navy corpsman assigned to the unit during an attack outside the airport, making them among the last Americans killed in the 20-year-long war in Afghanistan. Another 15 Marines were being treated at Walter Reed Medical Center. Two Marines are still hospitalized. The entire unit originally deployed in April. The company involved directly in the August 26th attack arrived quietly during the last couple of weeks. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. While the military has become more racially diverse, a recent survey found that Black, Latino, and Asian service members don't always feel welcome off base in their civilian host communities. Desiree Diorio reports for the American Homefront Project. The Association of Defense Communities conducted the survey, asking service members and their families what they think about the towns and cities they call home outside the gate. Matt Boren is executive director of the group, which connects military bases with their host communities. The conversation started with the murder of George Floyd, the unrest and protests over the summer. Almost every black military spouse who was surveyed reported unequal access to employment and said the criminal justice system is unfair. It's not surprising that these communities reflect what's going on in the society out there. Some Black and Hispanic families say sometimes they don't even feel safe off base. Boren says that can make or break a service member's decision to stay in the military. They're making career decisions. They'll leave the military rather than go to some place where they don't feel safe. Now, some local civilian communities say they want to fix that. Caracas Watkins is with the Huntsville-Madison Chamber of Commerce in northern Alabama. It's one of several chambers across the country that encouraged local military families to participate in the survey. Some of the findings were in line with what we see in the United States all over. We had several people who thought actually there was no issues of race here. And then we had, on the other hand, some that feel like we need more education and that justice is not being served. Watkins says the chamber plans to increase diversity through a mentoring program and grants for minority-owned businesses and roundtable discussions to learn more about the needs of military families. A lot of times we assume we know what people want, what they need, and so we want to hear it from them. Jennifer Brantley is a lawyer and an entrepreneur. She says the survey results are pretty much in line with her own experiences as a black professional married to an Air Force chaplain. They've lived in Georgia and Nebraska, and now they're overseas in England. Little comments, microaggressions in the workplace, outright inappropriateness. As a minority, you feel like you just have to sit there and take it. Or if you say anything, you become the bad guy or the angry black woman trope. Brantley says the lack of diversity she saw in military communities led her to develop Find Me Mobile, an app that connects Black and Hispanic military members with local businesses like hair salons and restaurants. And it's more than hair care, right, for minorities. We need something that makes us feel safe, where we know both our presence and our dollars will be welcome. And I'm like, well, how about an app? 
but she says the path to equity is more complicated than an app or roundtable chats. I think it's more about education versus talking to people and talking at people. Every effort is appreciated, but we need to figure out what can we do to get to actual change, to get to people's hearts, to get to people's minds. Matt Boren at the Association of Defense Communities says local inclusion efforts are important, but the military's top leaders also need to act. It can't just be at the local level because installation leadership might feel that they don't necessarily have top cover, that they should probably steer clear if it's controversial. Boren is supporting an effort in Congress that would require the Defense Department to survey military families every other year about the racial climate in defense communities. And that was Desiree Diorio reporting from Long Island. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places.